Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we are a little show called Solid Steps Radio. And we started the show a few years back. We said, hey, we want to do a show that are geared towards men as our main audience. We have a lot of lady listeners and that's great. But we want to talk to the guys. We want to tell the story that God is writing in men's lives and hear that perspective because we know stories reach the heart of us. That's why we like movies and TVs and because stories do something to us. And uh, today we're going to talk about a story in two men's lives that they have a lot in common with one another. But before we get into it, I want to ask this stat, throw this out there. How many, I asked the guys this before we started, so if you're listening, how many deaths each year can be related to or associated with alcohol, excessive alcohol consumption? I'll give you a second. So the answer is 88,000 deaths every year are related to that. And then it says... In America. In America. And it says one in 10 deaths among working age adults is related to excessive drinking. Wow. And it says 2.5 million years of potential life has been lost each year. How many? 2.5 million years of potential life lost. I don't know how they come up with that stat, but it's a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's almost become an acceptable problem because now drugs have come in and so many other things. But the reality of it is there's a lot of people who are drinking themselves to death. And I have alcoholism back in my family line going back. And uh, it is in a lot of people's families, but it's also a, a secret. And we're going to hear today how that was mm-hmm. when those secrets are exposed all of a sudden, you start seeing healing from that uh, that addiction. Well, and the beautiful thing is, it, uh, when we when we just get honest with ourselves, we can really walk in freedom. And that's the case for you get to you two guys. Yes. So, yes, sir. Mark Davidson, John Jordan, welcome to the show. Good Thanks. morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it Thanks is a, it is great to have you guys. And uh, you, you you guys, we were joking around before we even uh, started. Uh, you know, like, can you believe we're both sitting here and we're talking about this? And uh, it's 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 quite it's quite a story. Yeah, it is. It's a lot more fun than what we were doing three years ago, sitting in a deer stand hungover. <laughs> so that, this is a lot more energy, fun, just great to be up and moving a day yeah, and doing yeah, this. John, you mentioned that you mentioned you're you're standing outside this morning having a cup of coffee. And uh, you go, man, I'm looking forward to, you know, coming in the radio show. And this is going to be so much more fun than, yeah, like stumbling around with a hangover, a headache, the shakes, sweating and feeling guilty. Yeah. It took me a long time to realize that. But, you know, it's pretty fundamentally interesting to be over that for now or what we're doing today and to enjoy the moment. Yeah. I mean, and John, you uh, we had you on uh, a little over a year ago. And listeners, if you want to go back, uh, this is the story of uh, John Jordan, the grizzly bear hunter who becomes <laughs> the hunted. You're up in Alaska, and um, it's it's uh, show 149, if you want to go back and listen to that. Yeah, you go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or you go on our Facebook page, but uh, SoundCloud and iTunes is the best place. It will be episode number 149. It is. Uh, somebody told me the other day, they go, that is the coolest story cool. of all the radio shows uh, you've done. That's that's my favorite one, just just so that you know, John. <laughs> it was an adventure. <laughs> but uh, you, you, I mean, you know, just God, God just opened your eyes and uh, um, on how God worked. And your buddy here, who you didn't know two years ago, 
uh, Mark, you, God, God did a great work in your heart. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, great. Uh, I met John. Um, we were going to a recovery meeting, and uh, we just had similar stories, and we've become friends in this and recovery, and just uh, love being John's friend and. We have a lot of conversations about our uh, sobriety and about Jesus and, you know, and we grew up a bit being Christians and then found uh, sobriety later in life. But uh, my story is that. Um, well, and let, let me let me just preface yeah. it to our listeners. You called yourself a sneaking, <laughs> drinking deacon. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It, also, was, it's a really good thing that God didn't allow us to run into each other while we were yeah, drinking. Yeah. So he saved this excitement for after we discovered <laughs> right. that. Because it might we have, have been drinking been, buddies. It'd have sure. been really trouble. Oh yeah. my golly! Well, that, that's funny you mentioned that. That that's kind of the name I I gave myself, and uh, and it was a joke, but it was serious. Um, you know, I, I I'd been drinking off and on uh, my whole life, and it, I think it became a problem. Um, about 12, 13 years ago. And when I really realized that, uh, I might have a drinking problem was I was asked to, you know, a volunteer position to be a deacon in my church. And, uh, part of that being deacon is you agree not to, not to indulge in, in drinking alcohol. And, uh, at the end of each year of, 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 uh, being my deacon, you have a little, uh, debrief with a, kind of a mentor deacon. And he would say, did you, did you drink? And, and, um, and I said, would have to say, yes, I did. Now, you know, I didn't tell him how much because he would have probably been shocked. But, you know, so I was sneaking around drinking. I wouldn't drink in town because I didn't want anybody in my church to see me drinking. And really what I would do is put sin on the calendar. I would, I had a job where I would travel and I would, you know, I'm going to drink that day because I know I'm going to be have a meeting over in this part of the state. I'm in a hotel room and you know, my family won't know and my kids won't know and my church family won't know and my friends won't know because nobody knows me in this town. So that, that, that's what I was do. And I think, uh, you know, after two years of doing that, I thought, you know, I really evaluated myself and said, you know, I think, I think I might have a problem uh, of drinking and, mm. and, uh, now what, 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 was there something that triggered that? Like, I, I, I think I might have a problem drinking. Was there something that happened or how, what, what, um, or no, nothing, maybe. nothing really happened. I think w- one part of it was, is that I would, I, I had been going to some recovery meetings with uh, a family member that was struggling uh, with addiction and, uh, going in those rooms, it was really neat because everybody had all this joy and there was all this happiness. And I was like, man, that's really cool. You know, I have the Lord in my life, but I don't really feel that happiness like they do. So I started kind of evaluating, I would ask other people, you know, you think I have a drinking problem and only I can answer that question. I mean, no one else could answer that for me. Yeah. And I see the combination of, you know, having this uh, kind of not to drink for while I'm a deacon, and I, and I would try not to, but I would continue to do that. I would always say, when's the last time I drank? Well, it was three days ago. And, you know, it was, never went longer than three days. And then, I, you know, I thought, you know, this is a problem that uh, – get in the way of life. Uh, I think it was in denial because when I would hear the, go to those recovery meetings, I would see people that, you know, had really had some real tragedy in their life where they would, you know, lost a job or, you know, got divorced or went bankrupt. And some of them were homeless. And I would say, well, I'm not an alcoholic because that hasn't happened. I got a good job. I got, I'm married. I got, I was very successful. And, and, uh, you know, the thing of it is, is really if I dug deep is I just wasn't at peace. 
you know, I didn't have any, any peace. I was, uh, I felt like I was in turmoil. No, no, you, but you were, you had given your life to yeah. the Lord. You were mm-hmm. a Christian. I was you a grew, Christian. You grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But there's, there's something missing. Right. And you're, you're filling it up with. Yeah. As yeah. best you can. Yeah. With, with that, that was my, my go-to. If I had stress with work or family or anything, anxiety that, that would relieve that anxiety by, by drinking. You mentioned Mark before the show, before we even started that when you lost a job a yeah. while mm-hmm. back, there was a, there was just a lot of worry, a lot of, right. and that's, that's when you ratcheted up right. your, your drinking. Uh, Des- describe that. Yeah. So, um, I had I'd gotten laid off from a job. It wasn't anything performance related because I was drinking. It's just they laid off several people, and I went, was going quite a, a long time. I had a non compete, and, and it was eight months I was unemployed. So that that was stressful on the family and having to cut back. and um, And uh, I found myself. That's when I started drinking more. I mean, I would go through a a drive through and get the little airplane bottles of Jim Beam and mix myself a drink in my car and drink it on my way home and. And just things that were out of characteristic. It wasn't characteristic of what things I would do. I mean, that's not that wasn't me. And I was very sneaky about it. I mean, I always say this now. You know, you're an alcoholic. You're in an active addiction. If your mouth's moving, you're lying. You know, I was a good liar. Really, you know, I you know you know how many you, drinks you, have you had? It was were, always two you, drinks. You know, when you it were was a sneaking more. drinking deacon <laughs> who's lying. Lying, yeah, lying. I was a real good. It made me it made me a good liar for sure. I was, and that's not something that was characteristic of me before that. You know, it wasn't something that I I was I was lying a lot, but I found myself lying, and then because I was drinking, is covering up lies to cover up those lies. I didn't couldn't determine what was when I lied and who I lied to. You know, so I always get caught. You know. By, by my wife mainly you know and and so when you when your wife would catch you yeah what what would happen well you know i mean there would be a confrontation there and and we would talk about it um and of course a lot of apologies from me and remorse but it continued to happen when that's st- when i stopped my lying uh it was when i stopped drinking and that and that's freedom there. That was a lot of freedom. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about how do we move towards freedom when we un- continue to unpack both of your stories. Yeah. So we're gonna take a break. In the next few segments, we're gonna talk about you know can you be a Christian and still have an alcoholic an alcohol problem? Well, these guys say yeah, and we're gonna talk about why that's a reality. We're also gonna talk about how do you kick this? And there's somebody listening right now who knows they're drinking too much, and what's the very first step for them? to break that. We're going to talk more about that on the next few segments here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, and we are here with John and Mark talking about their journey of alcoholism and sobriety and what that looks like on either side of that. And, uh, if you need some uh, some sobriety with your finances as far as who's taking care of your money, LNN Credit Union can do that. They have been around this city for years, decades now, helping folks, whether it's commercial, residential. You need a checking account, any kind of financial aid, they can help you out, LNN Credit Union. Also, Vision First Eye Care, if you need to be able to see, whether it's contacts, glasses, they can help you with all of your vision needs at Vision First, Rod Rollo and his crew. We'll take good care of you, not just a set of eyeballs. You are a person. And then Bright Star Home Care. Chris and his crew at Bright Star help people walk through a very difficult season. They need help with a loved one who may need 
once-a-week help or 24-7 care, Bright Star can help you with your elder care needs, and, uh, and, and they'll take care of you. So Mark and John, so I, I'm, I'm going to come to you in just a second, John. But Mark, you, I mean, your wife really, um, God used your wife um, to some degree to really r- open your eyes. Oh, yes, yes, she, she did. You know, uh, she, was, she would stay on me about drinking and ask me, you know, are you drinking? Are you, are you going to drink tonight? Or, any, you know, as always, like I said, you know, we we were good liars and i had a tendency of lying saying i wasn't going to drink but i would be sneaking the drink or i would say i only had one drink but i did you know just add five to that and that was usually the case but uh you know it, it's tough on a marriage when when you're going through that and you know a lot of worry for her and you know and you know you you, have, you drink and drive that's that you know putting yourself in danger and and others in danger and you know it's just a terrible thing to do because that's going to happen and, um, you know, so there's a lot of worry, but she, you know, she's, she's a strong Christian woman and, and did a lot of praying for me, probably had her friends praying for me. And, and, uh, I tell you what, it's, a, there's a lot of freedom. And now that I don't have to lie, you know, I don't have to tell those stories. I know exactly when I go somewhere, you know, whether it's a business meeting or, you know, out of town for work, I'm not going to drink, you know, it, it, that, that craving has left me. And, uh, part of that is, uh, you know, having friends around me like John that uh, are supportive and we have each other's support and going to recovery meetings and, and just giving that to God, giving, you know, giving that addiction to God, you know, get down on your knees and saying, God, take this craving from me. And along with that, and, you know, working a, a program of recovery and having friends and, and giving back and helping others. You it, can't, you, it, you can't yeah. do this alone. No, you cannot do it alone. It, it, it's, it will not, in my opinion, it won't work. Yeah, and that's, I mean, John, that's that's true for you. Well, you know, too, it's like doing a Bible study. It's like doing, working out for a marathon. Why would you want to do it alone? Yeah. When God's offering you this community of people with the similar thought processes and disease that's been clinically proven, and I can't emphasize enough, if anybody thinks it is or isn't a disease or you might have it, please go online and look up this disease which is real but why would you want to do it alone when you can have fellowship and fun and growth with the other members of the body of christ yeah because i'm watching i'm watching you two why be by yourself <laughs> you bantering back and forth this morning you guys have been laughing and joking <laughs> around like crazy and I, I i just love to see men in the body of christ who are in the midst of just doing life together and that's how God designed it. But uh, John, I want to go back to your story a little bit because you were you were in sales. You're traveling. Uh, just s- summarize how your eyes came. You know how 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 alcohol had sh- you know grew in your life because you also were in church leadership, and God was using you. But you were you you, you were drinking. Talk you about know, that. Growing up in the church, accepting the true relationship with Christ at 34 always knowing Jesus, that was all there. The fundamentals are the foundation. Uh, married, coming up on 40 years, two beautiful daughters, teaching in the church, doing marriage ceremonies, all of that. But as my traveling, and that's not the reason, but that was one of the things that helped accelerate and hide my drinking and the progressiveness of this disease. It started to overtake me. I'm flying, I'm on the road. As Mark mentioned, my calendar for sin the times I knew I could accelerate it, not be accountable. And it started to slowly 
I was like I'd mentioned in an earlier podcast in a, in a huge, well-lit room. And over the years, I've got the dimmer switch going down click by click slowly till I'm in the dark. And it snuck up and it overtook me. This sin, this evolution of this process does create you to keep it, to hide it, to stay in the dark. It doesn't like the light. And we start to lie. We don't even realize it. Mm. You know, we're coveting this. This thing that's taking up space in our head is preventing us from opening up more of what God wants to be in us so we can receive the information from the Holy Spirit to grow and function and be free of ourselves. And it's just crazy how this worked. Uh, as this did progress, uh, the hunting trips turned more into, let's don't bring that many bullets, bring a lot more alcohol. Uh, the bear story turned into a show where we couldn't, I couldn't hit a bear the first day. And as this evolved, it was stealing even the pleasure of life God created for me personally. I couldn't even enjoy that gift. You, you're, you, I, I, I still am amazed. You're up in Alaska. You're having, uh, I mean, uh, the trip of a lifetime, and you're not even fully enjoying the experience because you you got to have your next drink. Yeah, and it turned into really one of the largest detox centers I've ever been exposed to, <laughs> the state of Alaska. <laughs> so, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> but, you know, God's creatures and wonder. But it was, uh, yeah, it, it overtook all of that. And then as Mark mentioned, uh, my wife's concern, thank God for godly women and people in our lives that were praying that we had no idea and if uh i, I can't so, so did, De- did debbie did debbie know what was going on uh uh yes uh we've been married coming up on 40 years she knows me better than i know myself sometimes mm-hmm. and what a blessing that is it used to scare me but now i think it's a pretty good tool god gave me <laughs> to hold me in check but she looks good so that's all a bonus <laughs> but uh Yes, uh, there's hiding. There's hiding bottles in the garage, hiding bottles out at your camp, hiding, 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 hiding. Because you don't want your Christian friends to know this because you feel like you're a failure and maybe really not a Christian, which is a lie as well. If you, so in, in one sense, you, you got any kind of secrecy, look out. Anything. Yes. And let's don't make it just for me, you know, because we'll get into that later. But anyway, as this progressed and family vacations and Debbie's concern, Debbie's I don't know how to, her hurting for me, I realize now. Her crying out to God for us and for me that I realize now. Mm. Uh, Her constant prayers and trying to look, where was she at fault in the progression of this disease? It really affects the family more than we could ever imagine because I'm teaching adult Sunday school, which I've removed myself from that because I couldn't stay sober long enough to prepare myself to allow the spirit to enter me to do God's work. And we don't understand that is Satan and, and, and every sin we're covenanting that steals us from the word and the contentment that only the Holy Spirit can give us. And we're quenching it with our sin and mine was covenanting alcohol. Uh, it got to the point, <coughs> pardon me, where my daughters and our family did vacation down at, uh, in southwestern Florida. And I'm not out tearing the town up. I'm not getting locked up, but I'm drinking and sneak drinking and then passing out on the beach in front of my grandchildren. And that progressed to the point where my daughter's love for me, uh, that they did uh, communicate to me that we love you, we're losing you, and we don't want the grandchildren to see what this is doing to you and miss and forget the man that God made you to be. 
So our love for you is pretty deep, and we don't want the kids to see it, and we don't want to be hurt by it. So if alcohol is involved further in your life around us, we will not be present. And, so, when, when, and when your wife or your daughter said that, what, what was going through your mind? To be honest, at that point in my addiction, okay, I would just not drink in front of my daughters for them. And I'll just hide a little bit better from Debbie. And I had no idea just around the corner God was going to open up this opportunity for me to realize this next step God's presenting for me to be free. Mm-hmm. I can try to make you happy and everybody else happy, but through this last two and a half years of sobriety where I've been able to listen to God better, it's I had to accept, to be honest, God's like, when are you going to wake up for you and me? Now, your daughters I'm using as a tool to let you know it's affecting more than you. It's hurting your relationship that you could benefit from, from your grandchildren. When are we going to realize God wants us to be happy? And free. And free. And he's like, if I'm trying to do this just for that person or this person or that person, God's like, no, slow down. You're preventing yourself from enjoying and growing and the relationship with all of these people you love so you can journey through life together with the freedom knowing I've got this. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of what you're describing. Jesus says, I have come to give you life to the full, abundant life. And he goes, and it goes on, and he says, but the enemy, the enemy comes to steal your joy. He comes to steal away your peace. He comes to steal away and kill the, the relationships that he, uh, that God wants us to have. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we're going to take a break and come back in a couple more segments and talk more about what this means. We've heard a lot about on, on one side of it. Now we're going to kind of transition and say, okay, if somebody's going to take some steps to be sober, what does that look like? in the process to start it and then what's it look like on the other side to stay sober so we're going to take a break come back in the next couple of segments talk about that here on solid steps radio welcome back to solid steps radio if you're not with us in the break, you're missing out because we're having a good time with four sober people in the room. <laughs> you know, Chad, uh, Chad before oh, you go, I, I, I walked into the station this morning and they, they said, hey, what, what do you got? What kind of show you got today? I go, we got two alcoholics coming in. <laughs> They'll be sober, by the way. So, uh, so welcome back to Solid Steps Ready. Oh, if you're Lord. just joining us, we are uh, Solid Steps and we're talking to... Uh, Mark and John, two friends of ours, and they're talking about their journey of alcoholism and not currently like <laughs> they're staying sober, but how they, <laughs> they got to that point. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors of our show. We want to thank Dan Hart Financial. If uh, if you feel like you're drunk because you have no idea what you're going to do about retirement, Dan Hart Financial can sit down with you and sober you up and say, look, this is what you need to do about your retirement, what that looks like. Whether you're retiring in two years or 20, he can help take care of that. And then Frank Enterprises, if you need Water drainage issues. You got landscaping problems, water not going where it's supposed to outside, or you got septic tank issues. That'll sober you up real quick. Frank Enterprises can take care of you. And then Southern Smoke Catering, uh, southernsmokecatering.com. It is a catering-only barbecue uh, company by our friend Chris Hadley. And uh, their tagline is, put some south in your mouth. And I tell you, it's the best brisket I have ever had, southernsmokecatering.com. Okay, so guys... um, 
I knew this would be this show was going to be a hoot, and uh, it's. I'm just so grateful that you guys are willing to come in and share your story. Mark, you mentioned though that when you, um, when 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 your eyes were opened and you started to get help, it was like when describe that. Yeah. Well, the only other time I felt this way is when I got saved as you know a nine year old child that you know that feeling of the Holy Spirit coming into my heart and just that joy and you know it's it's undescribable you feel like you're walking on clouds and um for the first step for me was just to admit that i was an alcoholic and uh, and how did and i admitted it first to my wife you did admit it to my wife talk a little bit about within 30 seconds or a minute well i mean i I came home from i went out with some college buddy but two buddies and you know we're at a bar and, and i came home and i had too much to drink and uh, I realized that, and I just felt awful, and I had a lot of shame and guilt about it. And instead of my wife confronting me and asking me, about it, I just said, hey, I had too much to drink tonight, and I have a problem, and I need to get help. Mm. And she said, I'm, what can I do to help you? Mm. And the next thing I did is I invited, and I called a friend up that I went to church with, and we had been in Sunday school class, and we'd been neighbors. And uh, I didn't know his whole story, but I knew that he had had some uh, – addiction in his life somewhere and i said hey can then we meet for coffee and uh, what was funny is i told him why i was meeting him i said hey i need your help i think i don't know your story but you could help me and he said yeah i can help you and then he laughed and he said you know i thought you were gonna uh ask me to be a deacon at the church (laughs) 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 which i wasn't which either way he he was glad that i came to him he thinks he uh, that Mark is yeah. going to ask yeah. me to be a deacon in the church, yeah. and you were going there There's to confess your alcoholism. alcoholism to him. Yeah, totally the opposite of what he was thinking, which is we laugh about today. And and uh, he's a good friend, and, uh, and 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 to me today, and helps me. You know, and that's the thing is is helping you. So back to that feeling when I I had uh, admitted that I was an alcoholic, and I started going to support groups. And two to three months in, you know, then you have to start doing the work. You know, you have to start, uh, you know, evaluating your life and put you write some things down on paper and you share that with another individual, which uh, is a good friend, my good friend. And um, when you do that and you get all that off your chest, that's when I had that feeling again, like I was saved. Mm. Oh, my gosh. The freedom from that of no longer having to lie, no longer having to, uh, you know, put sin on the calendar it's so exhausting and keep track of your lies and you know just so much drama and it's just it's just turmoil is what it is and you know and having that guilt and shame that you know you're feeling from doing that because you know when you're drinking chances are you're going to sin more okay that's the thing is you know there's a clinical uh alcohol the definition of alcoholism is a clinical definition and it's that craving that your brain craves and your body craves and you just can't get enough of it and you keep drinking and drinking and drinking and you never feel satisfied no matter how much you have to drink but then when you do drink you're not yourself mm. you let down your guard and you have that happen and to not have to, to know that i don't have to let my guard i have i'm not letting my guard down anymore because i'm i'm sober and there's some freedom in that. There are not just some freedom. I mean, it, the, the freedom. I mean, and you know, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about how when we walk with Jesus, and, and, and there's freedom. And I'm not, I'm not talking about religious do's and don'ts. 
But we're talking about a relationship, uh, you know, John, that you said, this is unbelievable. The joy (laughs) of the Lord truly is our strength. John, what was your first step? You know, to sobriety. I would like to say I thought about it, but I didn't. It's when I was on that bear hunting adventure, and I could not, and it's against the law to take alcohol into this area of Alaska. And it was 16, 17 days to detox, clear out my brain, and let my heart be receptive again to God's wooing me that this was an issue. I knew it was an issue, but there was hope. And uh, so being still, and I didn't plan on any of that happening. And then when I got off that trip and went back into Anchorage, as it mentions on the last, you know, I was going to see if God fixed me and the drinking really spiraled out of control. And then uh, I woke up one morning and looked in the mirror and I saw no hope. I saw that I've taken this down the road enough and I needed to be educated on a disease. And I called Southeast Blankenbaker campus and expressed to them my desire for immediate assistance. I was very anxious and I didn't realize at the time I was talking to the, sec- uh, the receptionist. But, uh, yeah, I called the same where do y'all send, uh, quote, 10 to 15% of the population's alcoholics has the disease. 10, 10 to 15% in the church. In general. So if, if we'll just say because we go to church doesn't mean we're not sinners or don't have afflictions or don't have diseases or don't have sin. Yep. So if you go online and Google it, it'll give you the percentage of people that have this disease. And that same amount is in the church. They so may you, not be drinking, so you called but they the re- got it. you called the receptionist. I was all beside myself. I was like, I'm coming off the hinge. I need help. I uh, understand you guys are a big church. You got some alcoholics. Where do you send them? And she's like, well, I'm sorry, but I'm the receptionist. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, above you her better. pay grade. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm on the way in, lady. You I'm better on the way in, yeah. Can you drive me somewhere? And so, yeah, they uh, recommended Landmark. Uh, or I'm, but anyway, they recommended a facility. I did smart recovery and grew from that. You were there for how, how long? 30 days. And I had to calm down and go somewhere so I could get educated on this disease to see what the next steps were and to slow myself down and remove some of the dark times so I could see Christ and listen to him again, who's been there forever in my life. Did, um, did Debbie tell you you needed to go there? No, when Debbie came home, I had my bags packed or bag packed. And she just came in from a Bible study and wanted to know where uh, I was, what I was doing. I said, uh, by the grace of God, I found a place that's taken me right now. You need to take me. And uh, uh, and what did she say? The relief on her face because neither one of us knew anything about this disease. We were both ignorant to the disease. And she just had a sense of, I could tell, thank God we're doing something. I don't, it's different. There's hope. There's hope. Something's going on here. Um, Mark, did you did you go into a facility or not? No, I did not. How no. did you? Uh, so your first step, you told your wife. Mm-hmm. Th- then what? And then I uh, I found a friend that uh, I knew that had a background in in recovery and uh, latched onto him. And uh, he kind of led me where I wanted to go. You know, the thing about it is there's a lot of meetings here in town. There's uh, 700 meetings a week in recovery and then there's a lot of churches have it and you know i just got plugged into meetings and meeting other people that were going through what i was going through and there's a lot of us and you know what's great is when you walk into those rooms of recovery there's a lot of laughing and drinking coffee and eating cake and you know and we all kind of get each other 
and uh, getting plugged into that and, and then just helping other people that come in those rooms because, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that are coming in those recovery rooms that that's their first time there. And you could tell they have a little scared look on your face. And you, I mean, you see yeah. it today. Yeah, I you? see it today. So, you know, just welcoming them and, you know, putting an arm around them and, um, you know, just being their friend. And, you know, and, and that's what that's all about. It's, it's uh, you know, to maintain. I'm always going to be an alcoholic. That's not going to change. You know, having that gene of having an alcoholic and having that problem. But how I can prevent that from happening again is surrounding my, myself with other people friends like John and other friends that I have and other lot most of them are Christians and we kind of get each other and that's what it is you know you unite with that and then you give back you know you help others and I love doing that and having that opportunity to help others that are either in addiction themselves or they have a family member in addiction. When, when they walk in the door there's got to be something inside of you that you when you go to put your arm around them that the God of the universe is using you yes it's awesome it's the most incredible experience to say god i have been broken and now i get to help somebody i know so we're going to take a break come back in the fourth and final segment we're going to talk a little bit more in regards to okay now somebody realizes i have a problem i'm taking that step now how do you stay sober today and how do you if you spent 20 years or 30 years drunk How do you spend the next 20 to 30 years sober? So we're going to take a break. Come back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Fourth and final segment. If you missed the first three, you missed a lot, go back in and check out the podcast, Commercial Free, thanks to our great sponsors. Uh, You can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, you can go to our Facebook page and like it. That'd be great while you're there, and you can hear this show. We're talking about alcoholism and walking with the Lord, and what does that mean, and how do those two things exist? And we talked to today to Mark and John. Uh, but before, we want to thank our sponsors, Southeast Outlook. They are a, a publication that talks about the story that God is writing in people's lives all around the world. And he is a very active God. He is busy writing lives stories in people's lives. Uh, also, uh, we're going to thank Country Lake Christian Retreat Center. If you need an organization or a place to take your organization to have a retreat, uh, the, the spring is coming eventually in the summer months, and you need some place to go to, and they can, they're can they open year-round. So Country Lake Christian Retreat Center. Eric Veal over at Iroquois Family Dental. They are a family-friendly dental office, two locations in Louisville, one on Ir- in the Iroquois Park area, and then the other one out in the East End of Louisville. And then Veritech Generators. If you need a generator for your home or company, or you have a generator and you need it serviced, Veritech can come out and take care of you for all your generator needs. You know, uh, Chad, when I when these two guys <laughs> they come in here, I, um, I I really mean this in all sincerity. You guys are a hoot, <laughs> and uh, you can tell that there's a verse in the Bible that says the joy of the Lord is is your strength. And there's something about when guys who are in bondage, uh, the, there there is not a lot of joy. But what you guys are describing and what has happened in your lives, the joy of the Lord is your strength because you guys have found freedom. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, you think when you're in that madness of drinking that you're uh, that you're having all this fun. And then if you stop drinking, it's not going to be fun anymore. Life. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Life is so much more fun. Or we'd be drinking a day. Yeah. I mean, we're we're, not here just uh, because we're in bondage. One of the first (laughs) after. Yeah. After about a year, John and I went uh, with a couple of guys went duck hunting. 
and we had the best time. We didn't, you know, no was no drinking going on. And John was joking around. Hey, we didn't put a hole, shoot a or shotgun a hole in our duck. We blind, actually shot ducks. We actually shot ducks. We got up early, felt good, and no hang, laughed, no hangover, no hangover. Laugh. We laughed so I, I laugh so much more now being sober than I did when I was drinking, and it's just this joy that I have and. And, and I just thank the Lord. I have the joy of the Lord more. I'm closer to God. There was a wedge between me and, and my Jesus and, and because of this alcohol. And that's been removed. And, uh, you know, life still has its ups and downs and valleys. But I'm, I'm coping with it without alcohol. And that's just that's just just an amazing thing and it feels so good. Well, you know, so good. You know, you're just what you're describing. I, I, John. And, and myself had the opportunity to go to drive to Illinois, five hour drive, and we spoke at a wild game dinner together. And I, I basically interviewed him. And you said on the way home, what'd you say, John? We had more fun. I never in my wildest <laughs> dreams, when I'm in the middle of this big old cornfield south of Peoria, Illinois, three years ago, that I could ever imagine the freedom and fun of sharing sobriety with 500 plus men. I could, why would I be doing that? Well, God led me to that, but the fun and the joy, and and I'll tell you something, I want to reemphasize what Mark just said earlier, because there's not enough time in the world for me to to describe this, but when I first found Christ, it took me 34 years because I was scared I was going to lose something. I was scared I was going to have to give up something. I was scared I couldn't compete with all these rules and regulations, and it was just going to be a burden. Well, all of us know when we truly accept the real relationship with Jesus, we didn't realize how much freedom we got from that, or I thought I would have done it sooner. Now, through this journey of this thing that I was coveting, people have asked me, did you finally find Jesus and quit drinking? Well, no, I've had a spiritual walk with my Lord and Savior that prepared me for the moment, and only he can sanctify me. I can't do anything like that. But he prepared me when it was time for me to do battle and remove this from me. I was covering it because I couldn't hear him anymore. And why does he want us to hear him? To enjoy and love ourselves and enjoy life. All right? And enjoy now, him. And enjoy, and enjoy him. him in our life. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, to those Christians that think, don't wait till you're going to be in your sweet spot. Don't wait till you're going to quit sinning more. Don't, don't, just don't do that because you're cheating yourself. When I finally accepted to remove something I was coveting since I was a kid, the true freedom or we would be drinking today. And it helps me maintain that process is when we're in a Bible study, we go to church, we read scripture. Why do you all do that? Why do we as the body of Christ are instructed to do that? To stay on task. So I'm involved in this fellowship with guys. It's like my Bible study of alcoholics. Like you want to go do fly fishing, you hang out with guys that like to fly fish. This is where we're growing and where God's using us. Is this over? What's going to be next year's trial and tribulation? What's going to be the next thing he's going to throw in front of me? Well, Jesus said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's in John eight thirty two. Uh, I had believed I was a hopeless, helpless alcoholic for years. I lived in bondage. But after about a week of being sober, I knew without any doubt that I was a child of God who was in Christ. I had died with Christ, was dead to sin, and had been freed from sin. At last, I was free from this phase of my life that Satan tried to steal from me. If anybody doesn't think you're dead to sin, read Romans. I won't read it and discover (laughs) yourself. What did God tell us? Act like it. 
Mm-hmm. What, how many people do we go to church every day and they leave church don't realize we are dead to sin. We're sinners. We're broken. God's not done with us. We're in this body. But quit coveting things that prevent us from realizing the simple joy we get to live forever. So I've had some other brothers that might not be alcoholics, but they're coveting other issues in their life from anger to lust to whatever you can think of that's preventing us from living this total joy the best we can of happiness and freedom from eternal death. I think I think you you got you might could become a preacher. Amen. Oh Lord, have mercy. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, tell tell me um, I, I, just real quickly, John. Since you have been sober uh, for the last two and a half years, what is what what is what's that been like for you and Debbie together? It's given us the relationship that God has desired for us to have. Mm. That I, I can't go into that because I'll start. I have an allergy issue. I'll start crying. <laughs> a, a, a joy. I, I can't believe it's this simple by listening to the guy who put all this together to glorify him and make me happy. I just don't think there's somebody out there. I'm so selfish. I can't believe there's that unselfishness love. It's hard for me to accept it because I'm selfish. I wouldn't give that to me, but he did. Mm. So I just can't describe it. If I didn't like it, I'd be drinking today. There's nobody big enough, small enough, smart enough besides John Jordan. I really think I'm the center of the universe. Son should be John Jr. But I can't. It's a growing, loving thing I get forever. And I'm going to fall. I'm going to stumble. You know, sometimes I think about drinking. Sometimes I think about getting angry. In fact, more than I want to admit still. But I find my joy and peace with a clear mind and open heart. Mm. Right? And I'm not saying you drink, you go to hell. I'm just allergic to it. And it was preventing me from knowing my Jesus so I could be happy with the time I have left to discover my true purpose to be what God made me to be, and that's happy amongst this world of craziness. <laughs> and if I want to really see crazy, I just run in the mirror right before the sun comes up and stand there and look at it. <laughs> I don't want to go to an AA meeting and see crazy. <laughs> Guys, I our time is up, Darn. and it has been absolutely a blast to have you. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for your willingness to be vulnerable and be transparent. We... Yeah, and and, and yeah, what, yeah, what you're saying is, uh, listeners, if you are struggling in any, don't in, hide. In, 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 don't hide. Would you please pick up the phone, and make a make a call? There, there, and uh, Chad, what? Uh, well, they can reach out if you want to go. If you want to contact us, you can go to Facebook and leave a message on our page, Solid Steps Radio. And if you say, "Hey, I need to contact somebody. I want to talk to John. I want to talk to Mark. I want to talk to somebody else." Uh, you can leave us a message, and we will get it, and we will get you in contact with these folks. But you know what? I guarantee you, you know somebody, so make a phone call. Yeah, and so uh, we got to wrap up, but thank you for coming. Mark, would you pray for us guys? Yes. Would you pray for us, yes. please? Spireheads. Lord, uh, I just pray for um, someone that's out there maybe listening to this in their car or at home, and um, they're thinking, I, I may have a drinking problem or I may have a drug problem or an addiction, Lord, I just pray that uh, they will uh, reach out to someone. They will reach out to their church. They will reach out to a friend, Lord, and just uh, know that they're not alone in this and uh, that you love them no matter what. You love them and you want to be closer to them. Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll open their eyes. And, Lord, I just pray that they'll feel the freedom and relief of admitting that, and which is... 
uh, a lot of times the first step to do to on their way to sobriety, Lord. Um, I just uh, thank you so much for this time that we had. And Lord, I just uh, pray for anybody that's out there that they will have the courage mm-hmm. to reach out and call and uh, find some help and find a friend. And uh, we're friends and, uh, and let them know that. And I just pray in Jesus name. Mm, amen. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, John. You know, there's a word we've been hearing throughout this whole show. If you just joined us for the past few minutes, the whole hour, you'll hear a word that kept being brought up and the word was freedom. And in Galatians 5, 1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, that's not the end of that whole verse. The whole verse says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, any kind of bondage, whether it's alcohol addiction or you name it, it's a bondage and you're not supposed to carry that yoke. Jesus carried that for you. And any curse that you may think you have of alcoholism or any kind of addiction, he became a curse so we could be free from that curse. So he said, my yoke is is light because he's done the work. So if you want to start getting sober, you need to look to the cross. And that's where it begins. So we thank you for listening. And if you know anybody who needs to hear this, forward that to them on the Facebook page or on the podcast. We appreciate you listening to Solid Steps Radio.